Hoops is a religion podcast. KJ from around the way, Mr. B in the place to be. We here today talking about the whole decade team, man. A decade of the NBA. We in 2020. Damn. Oh, damn. We here. Damn. A decade of the NBA. A decade of where moments have happened for the past 10 years. Players made their mark. Legends came and gone. And we had players that ended dynasties. <laughs> In case y'all not noticing who I'm talking about, that's that man Kawhi Leonard. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. The club. He's definitely going to be in this discussion. Oh, as he should. As he should. As he should. Same way Steve... What's the, what's the name? Uh, Shannon Sharp is for LeBron. I ain't going to say I'm going to wait for Kawhi because, you know, sometimes Mr. Sharp be kind of doing overboard with LeBron wearing a goat mask and everything, which I respect, but, yeah, I ain't going to be that type of dude, though. So, we can continue. <laughs> Yo, let's just start... Let's just start with this. Between... LeBron going to Miami and the big three being formed in 2010 to now. There was a couple of players that we knew for a fact was going to be around for a while. Around what was going on in Miami. You talking about Chris Paul, Melo, James Harden. He was, he was definitely coming up there. Got to talk about KD, right? DeMarcus Cousins was a name that was coming up. You know, Kobe, Paul George, Paul George, Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant. And think about all the talent the NBA has added after that. Kyrie, Damian Lillard, Klay Thompson, Draymond, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, Ben Simmons. We keep going. CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum. And we keep going going back. Derrick Rose in 2011 getting the MVP. Shout out to Derrick Rose. Well. Glad to see him back playing well. Steph Curry. Right? And there's been a lot of different, like, conversations and discussions. And we've been we've been hearing about it. We've been talking about it. Like, behind the scenes, we've this it's just been a conversation that it's gotten places, but it's never really come down to like alright this is where we at with it and I think right now is a more than perfect time for us to get it together be like alright boom this is our all decade team and we can we can sit here comfortably and say like alright this is about a good way to put the last 10 years in perspective so I'm looking at it like this off rip LeBron and Steph that first team, those two, that's where we started at. Because I did my, I figured out everything that I've seen, plus the stats and the data, and I'm a balanced guy. I'm, I'm analytics, and I'm also with the eyes and understanding the game. So I put those things together, and I try to see the whole picture. LeBron and Curry, that's already my first two spots locked in and then that's when things started to get a little you know it started getting a little little blurry, blurry. After that. started to get a little bit blurry after that 
you know, and kind of just kind of the old school dude I am, I'm thinking of the all-decade team, like kind of the same way, you know, traditionally the all-NBA team is set up. You got uh, two forwards, a center, and, you know, two guards. Uh, you kind of have to look at the all-decade team as you would the all-star game. You're not going to have traditional. It's not like it used to be where you're going to have a traditional exactly. lineup anymore. And that goes to show the evolution of basketball as, you know, it's become positionless in a sense. Very positionless. Very positionless. And it's really more so about the impact of the player from whatever position they're, you know, they're playing. And even if they have the size of said traditional center, but it's just more so about the um, evolution of the game. They're stretching the floor now. <laughs> stretching the floor now. Guy like Giannis can get to the basket in five dribbles. Five. Try, try three. Try three. <laughs> Maybe two. You know, nah, Steph pulling up from 35. Durant being seven foot pulling up from 35. Can also get to the basket in like five dribbles. You know, Harden's one-on-one ability. Westbrook's triple doubles with the athleticism. You know, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> we we started off with Kawhi we, Leonard. We don't even know what to say for him. You know. Actually, bored man, fun guy. Chris Paul being the modern day bearer of the point guard throne. The last of his kind, actually. And he is still here. He's still he's gonna be in this discussion. And he was somebody that I had to I had a hard time with too, because I try to look at the whole picture. Cause it's easy to have this discussion and then really talk about the championships, right? You know, championships is part of the discussion. So a lot of people's all-decade team can be based on, like, all right, from an individual standpoint, you know, some people can make the argument that, you know, Westbrook did get to the finals, lost to Miami, right? When it got to the conference finals, lost to the Warriors. The Warriors was down 3-1 in that series. And they came back and won. And then that was the same year the Warriors were down 3-1 to the Cavs. That <laughs> how, was a how, how ironic. How ironic. <laughs> These things happen. I think the Rockets also that year gave up a 3-1 lead. They did. Yeah. They did. And you want to talk about moments in the decade and, we, and just off the playoffs. You know, we could talk about the big picture with the finals on who won the titles, but a lot of those battles in between kind of set the tone for certain, you know, for, for certain energies that were happening in the conference that led to great storylines. So, like, when you're looking at your, t- your, your all decade right now, B, who you see as, like, your guys that you're like, all right, these are my non-cutters and these are the guys that are definitely gonna stay in my conversation hmm Steph is in there LeBron definitely because 17 years and still playing at this level is unprecedented and actually the dude's an aberration for that matter I think Chris Broussard said it LeBron's the aberration of the league how many 35 year olds can sit there and say he's playing at this level for 17 years straight not one so he's definitely in there. Steph, how he changes the game just from his presence stepping on the court. Forget his shooting, just for him being on the court. You know you got to respect him no matter where he is. So he's definitely in there. Uh, Kawhi, for a fact. 
I'm definitely going to throw Kawhi in there because of how he started as a defender. He was known as a defensive-minded player. And he, after winning that first championship, the man transcended to something completely different. So I'm going to throw him in there. I'm going to also put KD in there, too. Now, I know we talked about this earlier about two finals MVPs, Mm -hmm. two-time champion. I still think that him going to Golden State, it doesn't completely erase it, but it somewhat diminishes. No, I don't want to say diminishes. It kind of it takes away from it a little bit, though, just from how he got it. Not that he's wrong, but, hey, I'm not going to sit there and be mad at him for doing what he had to do. And I'm going to throw in James Harden. Because from being a sixth man and then going to Houston and then turning that franchise upside down, it doesn't take away from um, the success that he had there. So those are my nine, those are my top five right there for all decade. That's good. That's good top five. That's good top five. Like, you know, outside of uh, LeBron and Steph, um, I was kind of just looking like you know at sustainability. Um, so I had uh, Westbrook. You know, for him to average a triple-double for, like, three seasons. I never thought I was going to see anybody average a triple-double in my lifetime. And there was the argument that, you know, he was, you know, padding his stats. But I looked at the team that he was on. If he doesn't do that, the, they, don't, they, they don't win. They're a lottery team. Without his... Level, you know, without his level, without a player of his caliber, that, that motor and that motor, they're not, they're barely, they're not even in the playoff conversation. They're like, yo, they ain't a number one pick conversation, mm. and that's his impact. I wouldn't put him that low. No, I, I'm, and it's not. Yeah, I wouldn't put him that low, yeah, but they I wouldn't. Mean, you know, they, they would be. They'd be a, probably a hard playing they're not team. Like where the Knicks and the Wizards, they wouldn't be that low. Yeah, they'd, they'd, they'd probably, probably be on the cut outside above there. looking in. Yeah, they'll probably be a cut above it. They'll yeah. probably have a go-to guy that's really decent, but not like MVP yeah. Yeah. level. Yeah, you know. So he was on my. He he was he was somebody that I kept like right there. You know, I was looking at uh, Wade because him playing with LeBron also. I'm not saying it extended his career, but he was able to slide into that o, that OG second. He was it able to slide into that OG second role mm-hmm. that LeBron needed at that time in order for LeBron to be able to play winning basketball the way he wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Because Wade already was there. He already understood what needed to happen because Shaq did it for him because that's what that Heat team needed at the time. So once Wade, they got that first season out the way, and it just worked out, and not for nothing, all the way up until last year, he still could have been, if he was on this year's Heat team, like I would have them going to the finals. That would have been interesting to see that, though. And he humbly, yo, and he humbly walked out. That's good. Because he though. still could have been, he still could have played. But he went out on his own terms. But so. he went out on his own terms. Which That's why I, I respect it. You don't see that very often. Tim Duncan, another one, left on his own terms. Manu, 
Tony Parker. They all left on their own terms. Most players have to be forced out because of, in a sense, look at Carmelo Anthony because exactly. the game somewhat is slowly passing you by. You know, granted, Carmelo's situation is a bit different, but you know, certain players like of that caliber, like Away, Ginobili, Duncan, Parker, to see them walk out on their own terms. Yeah, that was a, that was a great thing to see. Um, we've seen um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the players that transitioned the NBA from Michael Jordan to where it is now. Some of them hung up their shoes. I mean, majority of them basically hung up their shoes. Vince Carter's the last the last one. Um, still four holding the torch for that decades. That's um, crazy. Shout out to him. Um, we basically probably seeing his last season right now. Um, it, it's Duncan, Kobe's, Nowitzki, you said Ginobili, Parker. Um, all of them basically pretty much, you know, hung it up at this point. And they basically transitioned the NBA from the, um, the 90s era. They brought it into 2000. And they held the crown, and they held it down, and they create, they set the tone for what where we at now, and it's it's much appreciated as as a fan of the game. It it's much appreciated. Like being able to watch basketball in the last thirty years, you know, from the nineties to now, and to see the game evolve, it's been a blessing. It's been quite a blessing, and just thinking about just the last ten years. In general, seeing guys like, you know, reflect the two-way players that we grew up um, watching, it makes it this this conversation hard to have. You know, because I couldn't really figure out if I should leave out certain guys for certain reasons. But looking at the whole picture, I think... I got to the conclusion that outside of LeBron and Steph, I can put Westbrook, Harden, and and Kevin Durant and just wrap up that old decade team. That makes sense. Look, that ain't a bad old decade lineup. And then here's where the Kawhi no, you gotta narrative just, comes you gotta to add just six men into it. Actually, they should do that. All decade team and then a six man. Now you now there is a thing. Now it's not just going to be. It's not about the first team and everybody else. You got mm-hmm. the All NBA team has a first team, a second team, and a and third, third team. team, right? So then, within the context of this conversation, you can look at the All Decade teams of the last from the last thirty years. No, I'm going to say the modern NBA era started in 1976. So you can look at. The 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and the last decade that just passed. So we can look at the last 40 years. The top 15 players from the last 40 years. A lot of the names are going to be in this conversation. You know, Giannis has emerged. He, he emerged later on in the decade. Draymond, Clay Thompson, they're definitely in the conversation. Lillard, definitely putting them up there in the conversation. Guys like DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis. I thought for one minute, I thought they were gonna. I thought New Orleans had a chance. I thought they was gonna try to keep them together. 
and build a team around them. And they had still had Drew Holiday. He still lit. So I thought New Orleans was gonna just basically give it an mm-hmm. off season, build around them, and try to make a run at it. But that didn't happen. But and then that goes to also show you like. Um, regardless of the decade, like yo, you know, NBA teams is also ran by good, solid basketball guys that know how to build around these that these players. When you look at these players, we talk about names, but you also got to look at their situation. You know, like um, Harden getting traded to Houston was good timing for him. Perfect timing. But at the same time, OKC had to make that choice, and they made the choice between Harden and Ibaka, and it was Ibaka, and then that's the biggest what if. That's they, become the biggest what if in NBA history, at, I think, at this point. What would hap- What happens if you kept those three together? Harden, Westbrook, and KD. That's the number one question everybody's going to left this last 10 years of NBA talk. That's going to be the discussion moving forward. Yeah. What happens if they ain't go 3-1 in the final? Yeah. There's a lot of narratives that you can sit there and look at in history and wonder, what if like, what if LeBron didn't go to Miami and he stayed in Cleveland or he went to New York? Or what if, even if you think it goes far, what if LaMarcus Aldridge never left Portland? Oh, never went to the Spurs. No. And what if Kawhi, what if Zaza Pachulia never closed out on Kawhi? The Spurs would have been NBA champions. I'm sorry, I still believe in that. Because they would have had him up 25. Kawhi was giving them the business. They the had no business. None. None. Now, just and remember, this is Kawhi after the ring. Kawhi. Rookie season, 2012-2013. No, 2011-2012. His rookie year? Yeah, his rookie year. No, I think who I got drafted in 2010. No, no, he didn't get drafted in 2010. He got drafted in 2012. So did Shumpert? No. Because Kenneth Faree, Shumpert, and Kawhi got drafted all the same year. But either way, so that was 20, that, was, that had to be 2011. Yeah, 2011. Yeah. So by his, what, third year, he's the finals MVP. Mm-hmm. Right? And this, mind you, he didn't get drafted as a... He had he got drafted with huge upside. And he was one of the better prospects coming out of college. Now, what if he never went to San Antonio? What if he actually stayed in Indiana? If George Hill never got traded for him? Yo, the Spurs pulled off the swindle of the, the century. <laughs> Yo, Pop knows what he's doing. I'm telling you. That move, that draft day move, is probably one of the biggest draft day moves since the Bulls got Pippen from um, the Seattle in '87. That is probably like now when you're getting drafted and within. That that context now, when you look at it in hindsight, that's like oh shit. That's when you're looking at that like yo, nobody foresaw Pippen becoming Pippen, you know, and winning six chips with the Bulls. Nobody foresaw Kawhi Leonard to be a two-time Finals MVP and a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. 
Nobody thought he'd be. And a legend be. destroyer. And when I say a legend destroyer, I mean Miami. Dynasty destroyer. Golden and when State. I say dynasty destroyer, I mean like within the first six years of your career, you're trying to tell me that you altered the direction of three championship caliber team of three dynasty team of three dyna- three different dynasties? Great dynasties. Great dynasties? Like I had like so now that's where my first team conflict comes into comes into play. Because nobody expected that. And it kind of gives a testament to how smart he is. Like I don't think nobody like the whole free agency where he um where he was, you know, going about the Lakers, the Raptors, or the Clippers. And he's trying to get the Lakers to get uh to try to get the Lakers to get this guy. Then mind mind you, he's still talking with the Clippers, having them to go pull off to get Paul George. I have to give the guy his credit. That was some really really savvy stuff that he did. Hey, gotta do what you gotta do. Yo, and Boardman is actually pretty damn clever if you think about it. He sat there and pulled off a swindle because that same moment, it's not even after an hour, that same moment, Kawhi Leonard signed with the Clippers. 30 minutes later, the Clippers trade for Paul George. <laughs> and I'm just looking at my phone like... Yo, they did say, um, Kawhi said, yo, look, you get Paul George, I'm coming to L.A. And he actually wanted Toronto to get them, but you saw Jerry, smart, you know, pretty smart. Like They didn't need him. They didn't need him, but he wasn't willing to give up Pascal Siakam, which I no. understood mm-hmm. why. Because he knows he can't, he can't mortgage, he can't mortgage the franchise on a guarantee. You I'm know, on, 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 a, on a short-term guarantee. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And like I said, Siakam is homegrown. They didn't want to lose him to the. They didn't want to lose him for 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 a quick a quick title chase. Nah, you gotta I remember they just to, wanted too. the culture in Toronto at this point now, with like and it's crazy when you look at the last ten years as Toronto shifted as an as a franchise the way their um their identity has shifted to where they embrace the country embraces that team that team and it's able to create. A, a a nice attraction for free agents that are like international players because Canada's not necessarily American in a sense. No, and it's a really you know it's a really great city. You know they like Toronto's a beautiful beautiful city. city. Vancouver, a beautiful city, and then you have those other cities like Montreal and you know Alberta. different parts, mm-hmm. Calgary, 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 Quebec. You know, and it's a hockey it's a hockey driven country, but they love their basketball, basketball now. Now basketball is such a huge thing in Canada. Like that Canadian national team, right now, I think to me they're one of the favorite. They're one of the like I'm I'm definitely seeing them. Put their mark on Tokyo. This is their right. co- this year. This year's Olympics is going to be their coming out. Party. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's summer. going to be so oh, fun I to watch. I cannot wait. You know, so them able to attract free agents like they knew what they was getting with Kawhi. So they know they didn't have to make that move to satisfy Kawhi because why do that and let you it take away from their big w- picture? You just won a championship with them too. Yeah, and at this point, 
Not saying that Kawhi's expendable, but at the same time, they also understand that you got we, still, what you wanted. we got what we wanted and we still have a good amount of pieces to move on. And be competitive. Be competitive and still try to build around that core that we have. So this kind of makes me ask my question, right? And I just thought about this. Now that Toronto has won a championship and Kawhi has moved on from Toronto... DeMar DeRose is going to be a free agent. Do you see him going back to Toronto? I can see that happening. Because I just now thought about this. Like, he will be a free agent. And I think he does like being in San Antonio. He's been on the record saying that. But Toronto is home. It's like how me it is for, like, being in New York. I couldn't see myself. If I was an NBA player, I couldn't see myself other than playing home. Mm -hmm. So now that he is going to be a free agent, and not to mention Kyle Lowry still being there. Do you see him going back home playing for Toronto? Yeah, I, I can see that, you know, with the whole narrative of him coming back home and being comfortable there. But then he also would fill a need. And he would also be, you know, like, you know, basically the, at this point, the, the, one of the greatest Raptors of all time. I could agree who's, with that. Whose number's going to be hanging in that Raptor one day. Coming back, he's... Still a well see he wasn't there for the championship run. But he was the year they part won of that it, culture. But he was a major part of them getting to that level. So for him to come back and be with that core that's gonna bring Raptors basketball into the next decade, you know, he can get one. He can you know, he can still be in the mix for one as he gets older and he settles into a veteran role but still contributes while those younger pieces, Siakam at this point, looking at it, would probably be the main go-to guy, main star, him and Van Fleet, probably another young piece there. You got him as that key vet. They can probably challenge a, like maybe a, a Philadelphia or Boston, Boston or whoever's. They'll be in the still be in the mix within the next couple of years. So why why would that's not a bad move for them? That's I a mean, great move. If Toronto we said was what the fourth fifth seed now, if they do happen to get DeRozan back, who knows? They was always a top seed with them anyway. Yeah, and they got the and the the young guys got the they, they got their they got their stripes on the first championship ring run. So once you get that that's champ once you get that championship DNA, you know you add that with some guys that that got playoff experience on the ring, young good young pieces. They got a really great farm system. Like Toronto's gonna be Good coach like their office like their future is bright. Like not for nothing, they're gonna be. They're gonna be one of the NBA's main markets. They they they're already one time. of the NBA's main markets, and like they're gonna they're gonna continue to establish the NBA's global presence through that city, and it's gonna be amazing to watch. Now, we can also look at it like this too. So, when we talk about Kevin Durant. He's in this conversation too. And I also I'm gonna say this. I didn't leave him out of my all decade first team. Cause he's also that third one. He's the third one along with LeBron and Curry. But the main reason why I didn't bring him up till now is because of the fact of this. And this is what the conversation we were having. Because of him leaving 
OKC to go to the Warriors. A lot of people giving him flack for that. And winning, and then he wins two championships with them. You know. And people are taking that away from him. You can't take away how great he is. However, it's because he's that great. That's why people are giving him that slack. Like how we was talking about before how LeBron and how, he was, how LeBron went to Miami when he left. The difference is the only wrong thing I'll sit there and say LeBron did was this when he went to Miami. He wasted everybody's damn life when he sat there had that damn special. Just to sit there and say, I'm taking him out to South Beach. That's the only thing he did wrong. Other than that, LeBron wasn't up three games against Miami and then went to join them. Miami was like what the fifth, sixth seed at that time, and they lost to Boston. Both both LeBron and Miami both lost to Boston that year. So it's not like you know these were like granted both Miami and Cleveland respectively was competitive at that time, but it's not like they was that major powerhouse to the point where them joining up together was a whole big issue. It's just a matter of how they did it and how it went about it. And KD's case, you have Golden State up three to one, and you didn't see the deal. And by that game, what game seven, six seven, you already had it in your mind that you was gonna go join this team before the playoffs even ended. So now, here you are, one of the greatest players in the game today going with the same team that already just won 73 games that does not look right at all that don't look right at all now if Golden State if KD would have went there at, and won the championship and decided he wanted to go to Golden State okay you won a championship it might still seem off but hey once you win you're free to do as you please right but the fact that this is the team that beat you took your chance away from going to the finals again. Because I believe OKC would have beaten Cleveland that year. I do believe that. You think so? I would believe that, yes. If they went to the finals? I believe it. I do. Because when Russell Westbrook is motivated and KD's motivated... That's a problem. But Cleveland had the better role players. Cleveland did have the better role players. Now, let me ask And they you, were there the year before. They was, too. However, however, that's when Kevin Love was healthy. That's true. And Sean, and, uh, and Kyrie was healthy. Exactly. However, is Kyrie ever stopping Russell Westbrook? Nope. Oh, no. Russell will stop himself. But Kyrie Irving's not stopping Russell Westbrook. Then you still have Serge Ibaka in that matchup with Kevin Love. The only thing I will sit there and give Cleveland the edge over is LeBron James and Cleveland more likely, as you said, had the better role players. Other than that, it's not like I'll say OKC would have swept Cleveland. No. I believe it would have been fairly competitive. However, I do think OKC would have sat there and edged them out to win it. But as far as them, again, facing Golden State, you sat there and... You really let them get in your head at that point, cause you let you're thinking about it already. Like, damn, wow, if I could play with these guys, I know I could win. Yeah, you're right. So can 85, 95 percent of the league if they go to the Golden State with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. But 
KD was also on the record. I know KD was on the record saying that, you know, outside of him and Westbrook, there was like no other offensive cohesion. Because this it's one thing to have two great players on the same team mm-hmm. and have them play with just a bunch of other guys and they filling in, you know, whatever you know, whatever role they need to roll you know, need to play. But if you don't have a good offensive system, and that comes down to the coaching and the details as far as the X and O's, right. to how to get, you know, your role players open shots, you know, from different sets based on the, the players that you're um, playing around, revolving your offense around. You know, there does come that. So, and I've seen that with OKC. They've never, outside of Westbrook and KD, you know, and usually when Harden was there outside of them three... Nobody else would score. Like, if it wasn't for them, you know, breaking the defense down and finding guys, that was basically the play. Let them, you know, let their offensive abilities dictate, you know, the next read. And let's get stops on defense. You know, and that's what held held them over. That was OKC's Achilles heel always, even when they were still up 3-1. You know, that offensive system not being there to close it down because, yo, to be playing, just playing around those two without that set, especially in the playoffs. And against a great team like Golden State. Well, especially, yo, Golden State got no quit in them. Because we we do take away how good good defensively Golden State State was. was. And not for nothing, I think a lot of people looking at Golden State winning and thinking that, oh. They're just off their offense. They're just their offense. Mm -hmm. Oh, like, yeah, they just shoot the ball. Oh. You know, they too cocky. Yo, let me tell you something. There's a reason why the Golden State Warriors have been in once. Like, they, there's a reason why the Golden State Warriors is are one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history. It's because every time they faced a test of adversity in their run, they stepped to it and met, not only met the challenge... But did it without even bat blinking an eyelash, regardless of what Draymond Green has done. Sometimes, because if it wasn't for Le- if it wasn't for him getting so caught up in the moment, right against LeBron and and him ended up sitting out of game, which I still disagree with him. He shouldn't have even got suspended for that. If anything, find him, find him fifty G's. I think that was because it was his 16th technical he got. In. Yeah. I think that's why he got it. And, okay. So, so whatever reason he did. And even with the officiating, the way they call technicals, that that's also been a discussion. But we yeah, can get yeah, into no, all that. that. But at the end of the day, you can't say that the Warriors are in one, of the, is the, one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history because they, they got no quitting them. They not soft. They not soft. They got heart. You can, yo, you can say whatever you want about Curry. Don't let the baby face fool you. He oh, no, killer. I tell that all the time. He a killer. Have Clay Thompson. <laughs> he a killer. Like, and I say that in the terms of these guys are assassins. They do what they do. They're in this conversation. They're going to always be in the conversation. You can't say whatever you want. These dudes punch their ticket. And they got three people. of them joints to show, and they're not done yet. They're coming into this next decade like, yo, okay, we got, we still got probably another three more. The clock's this. running. We still got another three more. They about to take their dynasty into another decade. 
Oh, they going for they going they they they're going for Showtime. They're going for the Celtics right now. The only difference is, well, the Lakers Magic Johnson in his like second year got an injury where he missed half of the season. That's the only reason why he uh, Magic maybe probably could have easily had six. Magic like not for nothing. Magic Johnson could have easily had the same amount of championships as Bill Russell. He made it to nine finals in twelve seasons. And one of those three seasons he missed the finals, he missed half the year. And he lost in the first round. Oh, but either way, they're looking at 10 years. And them coming into this decade, Durant was on that team and he won two rings with that. Yeah, he's in there. So he's the lock. My next two spots is this, right? We could debate it like this. I got Harden and Westbrook and Chris Paul Dwayne Dwayne Wade Anthony Davis along with Kawhi Leonard at the top fighting for those last two spots but the three mains is Kawhi James Harden and Russell Westbrook and after that we could just fill in the rest of the second team and the third team with all the other names that we've mentioned and the ones that we didn't mention. So whoever we left out, you already know. You bring them up to us and we got to add into the whole wider debate, wider debate. And the guys that peaked in on the back end, they also around. They also hanging around. You could get to them too, but the main thing is this. Ka- Kawhi has to be in that first team. In my in my opinion, whether he's in the Spurs uniform, the Raptors, or Clippers, because he and the, and that's just off of the impact of the narrative that him winning with San Antonio, being part of San Antonio, and being a major part that San Antonio beat Miami in twenty fourteen. You know, and LeBron leaving after that. That would and that goes to ask if LeBron won with Miami, does he stay a little bit longer? Do they try to go for four? That brings that question. And it's crazy because that team, you didn't know. There's that question was always being asked, like who would be the finals MVP? It was between the four of them. Ginobili, Parker, Duncan, and then Kawhi. And Kawhi. He <laughs> apparently he that's that was his turn Yo, in the corner for him. Popovich putting Kawhi on LeBron changed shifted that whole series. It did. It shifted that whole series. Definitely did. And the Spurs ball movement was at its peak. At its peak. And we and then that right there cements cemented Greg Popovich's Spurs system because he showed the fluidity in how the Spurs play ball because not for nothing, he was able to expand his sets. Cause when you go from what the Tim Duncan, David Robinson, the spacing wasn't there, but the same concepts was there. And who they played off of. So when you transition from Duncan to Parker Ginobili and Duncan, and then you throw Kawhi in there and great ball handling and role players and a great defense, that was too much for LeBron. And LeBron was, you know, as great as he was and as great as those Miami team, Miami Heat teams were. I mean, the Spurs just took him apart in 2014. 
And you look at and all, Kawhi. Sorry, you good. Kawhi being that <laughs> Kawhi being the major difference, and really be that that was his first major strike because that shifted. He go, he goes. Uh, he makes LeBron go go back to the East. That could whatever be the story be, but then he he goes from doing that, and then Golden State being up twenty five. Sounds peculiar, right? That was the beginning of him being out for San Antonio for so long and dealing with the, the, the issues with his body. If that doesn't happen, does that, you know, that's that question. He leaves San Antonio and comes to Toronto and, he, and you see what happened. So, would we can we sit here for the sake of time, agree that LeBron... Durant, Curry, and Kawhi Leonard are just the top four. Like, that's where... You said Curry, LeBron, Durant... Durant and, Le- and Kawhi Leonard. That's, that's four. four. Need one more. And then that's where we leave it at the debate where it's going to be hard in the Westbrook. Yeah, I, just, I agree with that four. Cool. I agree with that. And then we can just fill out the second or third team as needed. Second, third team probably be as easier than it would be the first. Exactly. So once you get past <laughs> at that, that point, yeah, it's like you can just fill it in wherever you need to, and then that's where different conversations start to come up. But you know, whoever you feel like deserves the edge over the other. I mean, know, and granted, they both have valid reasons. They both to have be, valid reasons. It's to hard be to that take last away. Spot. Like one who has an offensive historic season. Or historic offensive season, and then the other averaging. Actually, you could say the same thing for both of them. Really? Yeah. And they <laughs> now play on the same team. And that's the irony of it all, too. Good to see them two back together. Yeah. Even though it kind of it shows how much you know, it shows how mature Harden has grown ever since being in Houston. With that one incident, I think Westbrook had Patrick Beverly. He was over there taunting him, and Harden was like, "Yo." Use your head. He said that to say we got to finish this game. You over here taunting, you know. And I think that's good that Russell's with someone that can challenge him. Because when he was in OKC, who was the alpha of that whole team when KD left? Westbrook. I think the only person that might have really gotten on him, he wouldn't say too much, would be Steven Adams. Because I don't think he's going to really sit there trying to. get your big man, man. Yeah, maybe, Iba- and maybe, and maybe Ibaka probably would too because Ibaka knows him. But. James Hart is one of those dudes that sat there and said, yo, that's that's my brother. I know how he is. And I'm going to make sure, you know, he's on point with what we need to do. So I definitely, I definitely do. I'm happy to see them two together. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, in just just watching them grow as players, you know, they definitely, des- they both deserve merit. And I think they're both going to go down in history. So, you know... Let's, I think we should. I think we can leave off with this question. Heading into the next decade, who's more likely to win a title? Houston. Actually, let's. Uh, dang it. He's all about for this season or just overly in general. Overly general. Do you think? Oh, that's easy. Do you think? Kawhi, KD, Giannis, Harden, Westbrook. So you think the Rockets going to championship? Yeah. If it lines up. If it lines up, like a lot, a lot of things have to happen. Oh, let me throw one more person in there, and now in this case, if it really lines up, 
Luca. Yeah, I'm that br- I'm that confident in it. Oh nah, nah, nah. That confident. Like, yo, they make playoffs even... in some way, shape, or form. Like I think I told you this. Even I know this is completely bat like two K related, but it works out how the two teams I always told you that gave me a fits was the Nets and the Bucks. They played each other, one canceled the other out. I know I could beat one of them. All they need to do is have one of the top two teams cancel each other out. Because remember, the Ma- the Mavericks beat the Lakers convincingly this year. Now, granted, playoff LeBron and season LeBron ain't the same two dudes. But we haven't seen what Luke could do in the playoffs yet. We haven't seen... We know what Porzingis could do when he's healthy. Yes. And Anthony Davis does have to go sit there and guard him, too. It's not just one or the other. So that will be that'll be an interesting matchup and, to see. And let, let, let Hoops is a religion set the record right now. And we're going to say this right now. Luka Doncic is a bad man. He's a bad man. <laughs> and he is going to be one of the main faces of the NBA for the next he's getting years. This decade, he's getting a championship. He's getting, you know, he's guaranteed a championship, but I'm going to tell you why. He has big game experience from the age of 16. Even from the age, from the time he stepped on the basketball court as a professional, every team he's been on, he's made an impact. He showed his chops during the Feebas. He's He basically played for one of the best teams in the world as an 18-year-old. So nobody's going to sit here and tell me that he's not going to get a championship because not for nothing, he has more chops than Ginobili has at the same age. And Ginobili was, Ginobili's basically been playing professional basketball for about the same time. I think Ginobili started playing professional basketball when he was like seven, 17, 18, I believe. So he's getting a championship. He's getting a championship. I agree. He has big game experience already. So you trying to tell me that if he gets a, this year, Dallas is gonna Dallas is gonna set if the tone somehow for Lucas. Like Lucas gonna set the tone this year in his first playoff. If somehow Dallas could ever make it to the conference finals, because it will be difficult for them to get there. Because I'm not just looking at the Lakers, the Clippers, and the. The Rockets. You still got the Jazz that's pretty competitive, still too. Got, still got Denver. You still got Denver. And if you want to go based off whoever between makes it between the Spurs or... Spurs and the Blazers the, the still Blazers. laying in the cut. And they're, still, and they're still a tough team to beat, too, even though they're not playing as, as part and even Oklahoma. So if they could somehow ever make it to the finals and they do go up against a team like... Boston, who's gonna you know be competitive against them, the Bucks, or even Philly. I believe Luca. That's when we'll see Luca really turn like really turn that corner. Like he's there now, but when he gets the, once he gets Porzingis his legs under him, and he starts coming back, oh Dallas is gonna be a problem. And I think the toughest matchup out of all of them is uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee at full strength. Yeah. Because if they get, see, if Dallas gets, like, a hard, like, see, if they had, like, a DeAndre Jordan or I'm trying to think, like, a tough-nosed defender, like, DeAndre Jordan, hell, even Mitchell Robinson, for that matter, you, someone who could protect the paint, yeah. they'd probably be okay because now Giannis, even though he'll get there, but Giannis will probably have to think twice now because 
You're not just going to barrel into a paint. I don't care how big or strong you are. If you see DeAndre Jordan, someone in the paint, you're not just going to think you're going to go barrel your way in there. Yeah. You're, you're not. And I think just in order for the, the, the Mavs to make a run, even this year, like, and just in general, just within the strength of the, the finals and the context of the Western Conference, like, in order to beat the Lake Lakers, you're going to have, like, that team is going to have to play their best basketball for seven games. I know Luka can't. Right. Everybody else, that's still yet to be determined. So, with the exception of Harrison Barnes, because of his time with Golden State. So, outside of Luka and Harrison Barnes, and who else is going to be able to play at that high of a level on that stage? You know, they might have to go through go through do the bruising together with them two holding their own right that's what I expect but then them building off of that experience for the future is really what matters so this is a very important year for them right now because they're already they're on the they're in the first phase of them becoming the con, you know contenders, contenders. that they're going to be because right now the team with the best outlook in the in the west for the next if I'm looking at the decade right now Dallas is Dallas. Dallas. Ten years ago, I was Denver. saying the Spurs because of Popovich. It'll be Dallas, Denver. I w- hell, I even say Phoenix too. Because they have eight at, right now. They got eight in and, 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 and Monty Portland. Williams is, is is solid. I think he's trying to you know put late you know rebuild a a stable franchise. Let me rephrase that. It'd be Dallas, be Portland, Phoenix, New Orleans. Yes, Zion Williams. He has not played a game yet. How foolish of me to forget that. And he's, at the time of this recording, he's going to be coming up in the next week. Against the Spurs. I hope that's on TV. Oh, no, that's definitely going to be on TV. That better be on TV. That's going to be on TV. It needs to be on TV. They might switch up the whole schedule for that joint to be on TV. It needs to. If If it's not. They need to have some way to put it on TV because we definitely need that. Yeah, and Zion Williams also is going to be one. He's like, if he lives up to expectations, and I believe he he will. Oh boy, I'm, then yo, this draft I'm, class really I'm willing to be put, something. I'm willing. I'm I'm willing. I'm buying. I'm I'm buying in with Zion. He's something that the NBA hasn't seen before. Now the question is, when he comes back, will his game be changed? From what he's accustomed well, applying I, to. Look, right now, all he has to do is just, you know, just play the, just come in, play the game, get acclimated, let let it come to you. Don't force anything. Just do what you can to help your team win. And I know, I think that's how he's gonna approach it. And I, I from t- there, it'll build. I tell you what, his first game back is a tough matchup, Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> Hey, look, that might be what he needs because LaMarcus Aldridge, that's OG game. Back to the basket. He plays a really great ground game. Fundamentally sound. Knowing Zion, he might take notes with that matchup. That's going to be a tough challenge coming back, especially off the... I think he's fully healed. I believe he's 100%. Yeah, but I think he's, he's going to learn how to... He's going to, like, LaMarcus is going to teach him a few things, and that's good, and that's good. That's good. And LaMarcus is going to go at him because that's his responsibility. I'm an all-star. I got my proven track record. I got everything but the ring and the individual accolades, but I'm respected. I hope he gets one before he retires, too. 
as long as Popovich is around and he looks like he's probably going to be around for another, you know, three, four years, maybe, maybe. Popovich? I'll probably look at five. Popovich? Yeah, Popovich. No, I don't think so. Hold on. May I say a year, two more, but no. Yeah, so if, and I don't think he's going to announce it. I think he's, it'll probably be like, you know, sudden or, but they're going to probably, Spurs, they're good. They're they're good. They're probably going to, have something oh yeah I probably got a plan for that anyway or they're in the developments of it but I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs somehow end up if he does making a, a run for the next year if he or, doesn't or retire from coaching I still see him like cause he, remember he also does the basketball operations too just might move so, to the front I, office yeah so he just might do the front office cause at that age you know the traveling going back and forth yeah, I don't think, you know, after a while it takes a toll. But I could definitely still see him having a role with the Spurs. Oh, definitely. Because you think about it, you look at all the coaches that came from under Popovich, like Buda, Hoser, Mike Malone, two good, great examples. Um, they still have Becky Hammond on that, that mm-hmm. front. They still got her over there. They got Tim Duncan over the there. The culture's established. It's not like they don't have people who have great basketball. Mind you, those Listen, are two San great Antonio's basketball players. Win San Antonio also... And I'm gonna just keep it here. San Antonio is my dark horse favorite to win a championship this decade. They're on the top of my of, of my list because they they are an established culture. It depends on you know what I'm saying. Is... They are part of the NBA's Golden Club. Oh, of course, they've been they're there for up many there with years. The, they're up there with the Lakers and the Celtics. The Celtics, yeah, they should be, and as they should be. If you're a superstar and you're serious about winning and tradition Go to great and going down in history, L.A., Boston, San Antonio. That's the conversation. And Golden State. Greatest team in Texas. Spurs are the greatest team in Texas. Houston yeah. got two championships, two days. They, they got their pedigree, too. <laughs> but San Antonio's different. Dallas got one because they damn sure better than the Cowboys. San Antonio got something that not a lot of franchises have, and that's stability. So the San Antonio, I'm keeping down on, on top of my um, of my list. Yeah, they the consistent. Knicks, we'll see. Yeah, they they may them. find their way back. Let's, let's not bring them up right now. I will definitely put the Nets up there the next three, four years because KD's coming back next year. I'll tell you what. This is how we'll know if the Knicks really turn the corner. Depending who they can get in free agency and how consistent they stay. That's really is with the Knicks. Because every team goes through the transition period of rebuilding this, that, and the other. But if they can stay consistent, keep their draft picks. So some people, oh, keep building them. Keep. You're not going to keep building through the draft every single year because you might have a year where you don't really have anybody to get from the draft. So sometimes it's best where you sit there and say, okay, let me look at where I can get free agency. Like me, I would love to have a Bradley Beal in New York. That's just one example. But just like building through free agency and building through the draft. R.J. Barrett's a great star. Mitchell Robinson's a great star. Kevin, Kevin Knox, Knox, if he could keep consistent. Frank Nilekina's turning the corner. That's even, a good even four right Even them bagging like an Alonzo Trier or Kadeem Allen. You heard what he said recently, Trier, though. What like did, how he before he got a lot of slack about putting shaking my head when they lost. I forgot who they lost. So I think it was the Pelicans because he didn't play. And he had to come out and say, like, yo, my job, even if I don't play, my job is to support my teammates. Like, he'll tell Marcus Morris, like, as an offensive player, I see things that defensive players may do as an offensive player. So he'll tell Marcus Morris this, that. He'll tell 
uh, another key in our audit bear at this, that, and the other. So he said, my job is to be the best teammate I can possibly be, other than me complaining about me not getting no playing time. He said, I know I'm not guaranteed playing time. But he said, as long as I'm out there trying to support my team for a win, he said, they said that's just as important as scoring a basket. Yo, and that's 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 being that's, a good score, being a professional. That's true. You know, and um, like I said, that's why I, like, I think the Knicks heading into the next decade, I feel like, yo, Nick fans should be optimistic. Let's hope. You know what I'm saying? Nick fans are always optimistic, and I think that's what make them are such a resilient. We're resilient. We are resilient city. So why why wouldn't our fan base be right. resilient and passionate? So I think you know the faith is right. The faith is in the right place, and I think. You know, but despite despite them being where they are now, I think the future is the future is definitely bright because they bringing in the right guys. Like these guys are young and they high character. They're coming in and working hard every day, they're doing the right things. Some of them they gonna do things because they're young, but at the same time, it's just like they're doing a good job finding talent, finding an Alonzo Trier. Like we can say what we want about Phil Jackson, but I still strongly that Frank Nitto, I can't say nothing about that Frank Nitto Kina pick and I'm like I, I, I will give him that that's that probably might, one of the only things I'm gonna give him him drafting Porzingis and Nitto Kina may may be the only two good things he has done exactly that might be it that's, that's it everything and else not for nothing the Knicks have never had a problem of drafting it's always been about retaining so I think heading into this decade one of the things as you know um as a Knicks fan, because I always proudly say I'm a fan of the Knicks and the Nets, but the Knicks, I've been invested. I've been invested. You know, y'all, like I have to take my time away from both teams at times, but I'm always in the house. I'm just in the other side of the facility. If you're I need the Knicks to keep building their farm system. Invest in your farm system. They've been doing a good job of drafting, finding guys. Westchester Knicks have been consistent. Mike Miller comes from the Westchester Knicks. Shout out Kenny Wilton. You know, they've been doing a good job of, you know, doing what they got to do. Continue building your culture. You got to keep on trying to do the right things from a basketball standpoint, from a culture standpoint. That's the biggest thing I want. Even if the Knicks don't get a championship in a decade. Reestablish the culture. The Knicks haven't had necessarily had anything that resembled a culture since the nineties. And then maybe that time, like that short period of time when flashes, Stoudemire and Tyson Chandler were no more flashes. I want to see stability. I think New York fans, New York fans are happy when their teams have stability, when they are not mediocre, but they're good. When when it's always, I always say, you rather be a piece away. Then not be in it at all. As long as you can play good enough to be a piece away, that's what you should. That's what any sane sports fan can hope for: to be good enough to add an extra piece to take us over the top, and be in a position to get those pieces, and have a culture. That I mean, I want that for every. I want that for every franchise. New York is and, a much better city when their teams are competitive and winning. It can't just be one team out of every sport. It has to be all of them. Well, I'm not too much a hockey Synergy. But, yeah, but, you know, whether it's the Nets and the Yan- Mets and the Yankees, fine. You know what? We happy. You know, if even if it's the Jets and the Giants, if they're both being competitive, fine. It, it kind of makes New York New York. 
if the Nets and the Knicks are both compared, like that first game the Knicks and the Nets had, it was a good game. It wasn't like it was just a slugfest between one beat and the other. It was actually a good game. Kyrie Irving just hit a difficult shot. That was a very close game. It wasn't like it was one getting smacked and then the other one still trying to play catch-up. No, that was a very back-and-forth game. So when both teams are competitive and you as a New Yorker, whether you're a Nets fan or a Knicks fan, you can sit there and say, well, okay, I could go to this game and knowing that I want my team to win, but if they lose... It's okay because I know we could get it back the next one. That's the best feeling in the world as a sports fan. Yes, and you know, all in all, I think these. I think I don't know. The NBA still has so many other levels that they can they can go to, and I think they're gonna. I think we're gonna. There's still a lot of things that we're gonna see that we've never seen before, and we're gonna see. The NBA is gonna be at a level that. I don't. There's. I don't. It's gonna be so limitless. I can't even put it in words. And I think it's only right for us to end it off by um, saying that this all wouldn't be possible without the contributions of David Stern. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, rest in peace, soul, soul man, Rocky Johnson. You know, rest I'm in peace, Rocky Johnson. And you know, too, I'm a wrestling you know, fan, so you know, um, I gotta say they throw the it out OG. there. Um. I know from my earliest memories of basketball, David Stern was the one behind a lot of, you know, the 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 imagery I was going to see from the game of basketball. You know, I don't develop the love I have for the game of basketball without his vision of what the NBA could be. So for us to even like have a show where we're talking about basketball, a lot of it is driven by the NBA that he helped bring to this level. Like he made sure that the game of basketball was gonna be a game that the whole world was gonna get a chance to experience. And for that, like I appreciate him for that. You know, so he was the bad guy that did good things. Hey, listen, because he so, was mainly seen as the villain sometimes. He was seen as the villain, but yo, he did good things I, for the league. At the end of the day, in hindsight, things. he did it for the best of the game because the game got to grow. You know, we all got to grow. If you got if you love something, you should got got to grow. You got to do the things that's best for the game. And I always say, like yo, he always put the game of basketball first in every single decision that he made. Eventually, at the end of the day. We can agree. We can we can always agree or disagree with how he did things, and yes, there's certain things that you know we can still debate about to this day about. But the one thing we can say is that yo, he he loved the game of basketball. He cared about the game of basketball, and he did everything he needed to do to make sure that the game of basketball was going to bring the world together. And I appreciate him for that. So, God bless his soul. The league is in... The league is where it's at because he cared. And he's going to be proud. They're going to continue carrying on this legacy. As they head into the 75th anniversary in a couple of years, I'm pretty sure they're going to commemorate him. That's going to be a topic for another episode. We're going to talk about 
the 75th season that's coming up in a couple of years and we were having some discussions about it before the show so we were um we figured we can just put that conversation up on another episode but um definitely we got a we got a bright future ahead of us not only in basketball but just the world in general so just remember i know we're starting a fresh decade and we, we can look back on a lot of stuff that we did bad and do better or we can let history repeat itself at this point so that choice is up to y'all we know what we gonna do on this side we gonna try to keep it right with the game of basketball because we respect the game because the game of basketball is life and we respect life so we're gonna respect the game at all times you know try to play with good sportsmanship you know what i'm saying and treat our opponent with respect but when the ball go up it's game time but as of right now the buzz is on in the background and it's time for us to be out of here and head back into the locker room. So we're Mama making empanadas tonight. <laughs> Shout out Mama making empanadas. Where I might have to come get me one of those. You know. So um follow us, IG Hoops is a Religion. Spotify. Apple, Google Play. All you know, your podcasting platforms. You know, Twitter, Hoops is a Religion. Follow oh, us. We got a Twitter account. I never knew we had a Twitter. Yeah, account. I feel, I'm, I'm working. I'm working on that. I feel special now. I don't usually use Twitter, but I feel special you know, now. It's kind of been laying dormant, but we're gonna try to be a little bit more active on Twitter because basketball Twitter is an interesting place. Oh damn, we we really live for season two. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be getting ready for oh. an interesting decade. We gotta start this off right, boy. <laughs> you know, so hit us up on the social medias. Start the convo. Tag us. We out here. Holla.